Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And this is another listener requested topic and a great topic mm-hmm. at that. It is women and short hair and the associations that we make about that. And a long time ago, way back when, years ago now, which is crazy mm-hmm. to think about, Molly and I did a podcast on women's head hair in general, mm-hmm. but short hair is such a specific thing and it has such specific connotations for women. Yeah, it has. That hair has a lot of baggage for being as short as it is. Short hair has a lot of baggage and messaging behind it. And we actually got a note from Kendall, a listener. She's 18, and she actually got some really terrible reactions from her family about her short hair and even her desire to have short hair in the first place. Yeah, she wrote to us on Facebook and she said, I cut mine into a short pixie cut last year and was immediately faced with backlash from both of my parents. My mom kept telling me that boys don't like girls with short hair and my dad kept telling me that I look too much like a boy. And then after I told my mom I was a lesbian, she told me to not buy into stereotypes with my hair. She just can't believe that I actually prefer it this way. Why is it such a big deal culturally when women cut their hair? And why indeed? There are a lot of reasons. It's it's pretty it's pretty multifaceted. Um, but it's funny because you could kind of go in this circular, this cycle of of spiraling arguments as to the male gaze, the, the, the patriarchy, uh, men's view of of femininity, women's views of femininity when you talk about short hair, because it's like, well, I'm going to cut my hair because it's, you know, against what males perceive as sexually attractive. Well, but then but then you're just responding to that. And so, like, I feel like it could go on and on. We could go on and on. Uh, But first, let's start, though, with celebrities. We don't talk a lot about celebs on stuff mom never told you but with this issue of short hair on women celebrities who have cut their hair super short especially like pixie cut style and the reaction that they've gotten are such good illustrations of what we're talking about when we talk about that baggage that can come along with short hair yeah, one who is written about over and over again, and her story has actually been reported incorrectly quite a bit, is Mia Farrow. And it was reported a lot that Vidal Sassoon was the one who originally cut her hair off for Rosemary's Baby. Not so. She cut her hair herself. Yeah, she said she did it on the set of Peyton Place using fingernail scissors. And if you look at pictures of that pixie cut, it's totally believable because it is, it's so completely choppy. And, and that finally came to light only recently when the New York Times misreported that it was Vidal Sassoon and she wrote the nicest letter in. She did. Correcting, or no, I think her cousin or someone. It was her daughter-in-law wrote in correcting the and then she wrote a follow-up letter just being like, yeah, that's right, it was me. Yeah, and it was funny because Hollywood legend had it that Frank Sinatra divorced her because he was so horrified at her super short hair. And she wrote in the letter, I intend no disrespect to Mr. Sassoon, but he had nothing to do with my haircut. Neither, I can assure you, did my divorce from Frank Sinatra have to do with my haircut. Right, that he actually liked it. Yeah. And Vidal Sassoon did cut her hair, but it was part of a publicity stunt. And her hair was an inch and a half long and he cut, 
he cut it to like an inch or something like that, just just for the cameras. Well, speaking of men who do like the short haircut, that brings us more current with Michelle Williams, who told Elle magazine once that, quote, straight men across the board do not like this hair. And she's rocked a, a pretty short pixie cut for a few years now. Mm-hmm. And supposedly she keeps it in memoriam of Heath Ledger, who she said was the only straight man who has ever really liked that haircut on her. Yeah, and she has recently actually started growing it out again. Oh. But she's like, she's so freaking cute. She's like the cutest thing I've ever seen. And so she is so good at growing it out. I feel like anybody else, there's that awkward in-between growing out stage, but she just looks freaking adorable. Yeah, some women have no awkward in-between stage. (laughs) I, I am jealous. I am jealous because I used to have short hair. Not that short. But short. Yeah, I've never gone that short before. Uh, but my sister, who looks a lot like me in the face, we have totally different face structures, is currently doing the, the Anne Hathaway Les Mis cut, and it looks great on her. Huh. I have a flat spot on my head, <laughs> and I think that it... <laughs> I think that for that reason, a pixie cut would look... Your your parents didn't roll you over enough when you were a baby? I don't know what happened, <laughs> but I'm just saying this noggin is not pixie cut ready. I, You know what? My skull is so freaking bumpy, but also I don't, have, I, th- I don't think I have the face for it. I mean, they say that like if you if you like the way you look with your hair pulled back, you will like the way you look with short short hair, but I, I tend to like pull pieces of hair out when my hair is up just so that my round cheeks don't stand way out. Yeah, I think it's definitely a, a face structure by face structure kind of thing. Um, but of course, there have been plenty of other celebrities who have done this and pulled it off and looked great doing it. There's Natalie Portman and Hathaway, we mentioned, who recently did the severe cut for Les Mis. Halle Berry, who's had the shortcut for a long time. Uh, back in the day, we've got Twiggy Edie Sedgwick, mm-hmm. um, who had a very iconic haircut. Shirley MacLaine in the 50s, for her Hollywood debut, or, or real A-list debut, in The Trouble with Harry, which came out in 1955. She has a, a short haircut. And similar to that, in 1957, we have Gene Seberg in Joan of Arc. And for all the hubbub that, that Mia Farrow caused with her short hair and all of the back and forth about who did it, did she do it, why did she do it, you know, that's just an illustration of how short hair on women has always stirred the pot. It's always stirred stuff up, especially if we go to the bob, which is not necessarily as short as the pixie cut. But that is a radical departure in the 1910s and 20s from the popular Gibson girl aesthetic, which we've talked about on the podcast. You know, that long flowing hair and that S-shaped silhouette. Yeah, we found um, an article talking about to Bob or not to Bob, interviewing dancer Irene Castle, who cut her hair into the bob and kind of helped set off the fashion wave at the time. And she was basically writing the article to try to calm people down. But she also notes that there are some disadvantages to having a bob, as you can imagine. (laughs) Because she talks about how there there are so few ways to dress short hair that one is practically limited to parting on the side or in the middle. And then, can one grow old and gray still with short hair? Gray hair is charming short. But during the in-between years, will it not seem a bit kittenish and not quite dignified? Indeed. You do a mean, mid-Atlantic, old-school accent, Kristen Gonger. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) 
Yeah, she uh, she actually initially cut her hair off at boarding school so that she could go swimming and not appear to have been frolicking. And she cut it off again a few years later for the convenience aspect when she was going into the hospital to get an appendectomy. But, I mean, when she was at boarding school, that girl got into a lot of trouble, not necessarily just because she cut her hair, but because all around her girls were falling like dominoes because the minute she cut her hair and she writes about it, she's like, oh, yeah, basically they all copied me and came to school with short hair. It wasn't my fault. That Irene Castle is quite sassy. Um, well, in 1928, I would argue that we have the first public fallout over a celebrity chopping her hair off. And it's Mary Pickford, who was a major silent film star. She was called America's Sweetheart. And she had these classic long curls. And in 1928, her mom, Charlotte, died of breast cancer. And she was so devastated that she cut her curls off in front of journalists Kind of like the whole, reminds me of the whole Britney Spears thing mm-hmm. in 2007. But it was such a huge deal, it made the front page of the New York Times. Wow. So, I think that maybe, I mean, I mean, that's happening in 1928. And in 2007, speaking of Britney Spears, we have the same, like, you know, what's happening? It's signaling a crisis if a girl is cutting off her hair. And it's funny, because I mean... <laughs> That's not what short hair always means, obviously, but there is definitely a connotation. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of women do go run to the salon after a bad breakup and get a new hairstyle. I mean, there was a uh, a writer for Elle who in April 2010, she wrote about her experience getting a pixie cut after a bad breakup and just the terrible reaction, terrible reaction she got from male colleagues who were, she said, openly perplexed by it and just were very she had a chilly reception whereas the women who saw her were incredibly supportive yeah in a post over at bitch magazine talking about reactions against miley cyrus more recently getting her hair cut and just kind of itemizing all of the other female celebrities who have gotten a quote-unquote creepy backlash to their more severe haircuts uh, the writer says it's quote rooted in a retrograde notion that says that cutting your hair short makes you somehow less of a woman Right. There's an assumption that you're a lesbian or like Britney, that you're mentally ill and acting out. And I just can't believe that those are the two choices. Like, well, I'm making an assumption about you and you obviously are one or the other. And uh, that writer at Bitch says that having short hair nowadays almost makes you subversive. But ever confident, Miley Cyrus and Emma Watson have responded with grace and confidence and, I mean, they were very eloquent and they were like, this is me, you know, like they were both kind of perplexed by the attention that their haircuts got as as famous women in the media. Right, regardless of your sexual orientation it's, I mean, it's funny that that's, it's so loaded that we immediately think that it must mean something deeper about a person than maybe just wanting to change up your style. Miley Cyrus actually said years ago in an interview that she wanted to cut her hair off someday. And I'm assuming that probably once she was out of her contract with Disney and was no longer Hannah Montana and could, you know, fool around with her her image, experiment a bit, she cut her hair off. All right. Yeah. And Mary Elizabeth Williams wrote about this over 
over at Salon in August of 2012, and she was kind of a, a little teeny tiny voice of reason amid all of this gnashing of teeth, all this yelling about Miley Cyrus cutting her hair off. I mean, because people were worried. They were like, her fiancé couldn't possibly like it. She's pulling a Britney. She's lost a dare. Oh, it's so shocking. But Miley's response was, you know, I have actually never felt more me in my whole life. And so responding to all this craziness, Williams writes that long hair represents femininity and vulnerability and sex. It's princesses and mermaids and porn stars. Short hair, on the other hand, says, if you think I'm gorgeous, great. But this isn't about you, pal. Ooh, scary. Yeah. Writing in an article for Elle magazine about her own experience cutting her hair off and the uh, tepid responses from particularly heterosexual men around her. Joanna Cox talked to a psychologist at the University of Pex in Hungary who had performed a study in which images of female faces were given varying lengths of hair and then evaluated by men on their attractiveness. And the psychologist told her that longer hair had a significant positive effect on the rating of a woman's attractiveness, whereas shorter styles did not. And then in a follow-up, Cox talked to Jenna Pinkett, who is the author of Do Gentlemen Really Prefer Blondes? And she said, hair is a track record of your health as a woman. It takes years to grow long, thick hair. And kind of along those same lines, there are these long-standing associations between the length of a woman's hair and her fertility, Mm -hmm. her health, whether or not you know she she is a a fertile woman ready to have babies, I don't know. And like, then put them in her hair. Put the babies in wear, her hair. Yes, wear the babies like barrettes. Ah, baby barrettes. Or or use the hair as a DIY baby Bjorn. That's absolutely right. Just and like that. Unfortunately, I will never be able to have a hair Bjorn because I just have naturally fine hair. I mean, I, I I don't think it's because I'm less healthy. I've always had fine hair. In fact, when I was a baby, my mother... Okay, so I lied. I have had really short hair once. My mother cut my hair off, like all of it, because she thought that by cutting it, continuing to cut it, it would make it grow in thicker. Oh, dear. So no matter how much pink she put me in, everybody was like, well, that's the cutest little boy I've ever seen. Thanks for the compliment, but I'm a girl. Oh, that's that's so fascinating, though, that the length of the hair possibly holds a greater social currency than the whole pink or blue thing. Right, which, oh gosh, I wish I could remember this. Somebody remind me what this is. But I was reading this thing where this this writer said the same thing. Like, she dressed her little girl in pinks and polka dots and bows and, like, every possible stereotypically girly baby thing ever. And everybody still was like... Is your little boy having fun at the pool? And she's like, what? It's, it's a pink frilly bathing suit. Are you kidding me? Well, and speaking of babies, on the flip side of that, we found a study talking about how infants detected the difference between, and, I, and I'm summarizing largely here, but they were able to detect a difference between male and female faces when the women had long hair. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think I think it's that faces in general had more sway over the baby's perceptions than things like hair, you know, and, and clothes did. But the the study, that particular study, did say that clothes and hair both played a part. But it was actually more about faces. But the whole point of it was to say that from a very 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 young age, as young as nine months to a year, babies already have categories 
for people who look a certain way, whether you look like mommy or whether you look like daddy. And as we grow up and develop these associations with women in long hair versus women with short hair, Autumn Whitefield Madrano, who writes over at The Beheld and also had a, this piece on short hair cross posted at Jezebel, cited religious and cultural mores that have surrounded women's hair, which go back centuries, which have reinforced these ideas that long hair equals feminine. Short, shorter hair is masculine. I mean, clearly through, you know, if we look back at the history of women's hairstyles, different things have come in and out of vogue. Mm-hmm. But over time, the longstanding thing has been that long hair is associated with femininity and maturity, especially as we have evolved so that we don't have, say, fur anymore to signal that we're mature adults. Women have long hair. Right. And Autumn also said over at Jezebel in November 2011 that, you know, she thinks it's kind of a crock that all straight men hate short hair. You know, she says that we're painting with too broad of a brush there because she said a lot of men believe they prefer long hair, but they don't actually care that much. She actually, at age 24, cut off all of her beautiful long hair and ended up getting a ton of compliments, not just from people she knew, but from strangers as well. And she said exactly what we pointed out before. She said that if men prefer long hair, it's often because it's hard not to prefer what we've been told is attractive. And for that reason, she says that the the whole short hair thing is an excellent example of culturally imposed beauty norms of how this, you know, (laughs) we have an idea that if we cut our hair off, that it's just going to be the end of the world, even though it's probably going to grow back. Right. I mean, even Anne Hathaway, who looks beautiful with her short hair and her, you know, those big eyes, like she's just gorgeous. Even she said that she had like a mental breakdown when they were cutting her hair off. Hair, hair is very emotional. Whereas I wonder for guys who have grown their hair out really long, if... There would be a similar emotional response like that. Well, I mean, I, I, I guess not because they would be swinging back into their more masculine gendered norm of having shorter, closer cropped hair. But I guess it could also depend on what you think you are signaling to society. Like if you are like a metal dude and so you've grown out your long black hair in the metal community, like selling out, you're, you're doing it. You're fitting in with your bros. So like if you cut your hair, maybe you're like, you're afraid that you're going to be the man. Well, and I do know a guy who his hair is probably just above his shoulders, or at least it used to be. He went through a bit of a breakup next time I saw him close cropped hair looks great but the first time i saw that haircut i'm not gonna lie i thought that's a breakup haircut yeah i hello did we not just say that yeah Yeah, like totally there's something there is something about hair and i'm not sure what the connection is here that is so emotional like why i mean you're 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 going through a breakup you're getting rid of someone who's been next to you for however long and so it's like you're just shedding the baggage. But thinking about all of the positive reactions that he's gotten mm-hmm. to his hair, even from other like guy friends being like, dude, I mean, it really <laughs> looks great. And that was a horrible impression of all men. I don't, don't mean to imply that that's what guys sound like. But he's gotten so many compliments. If I went through a breakup mm-hmm. and shaved my head, it would be just the opposite. I would have people flocking to me saying, oh, honey, 
Yeah, where it's, you need a timeout. Yeah, where do we need to take you? Yeah. Do you need a care basket? Well, I mean, hair length definitely sends a message. There was a uh, 2006 study in the Review of Psychology that got men to rate photos of women, heterosexual men to rate photos of women. With the long hair, male raters said that women with long hair were determined, intelligent, independent, and healthy. Mm. But when they looked at pictures of short-haired women, it's not that they thought the opposite. They just rated them differently. So the male raters said that women with the short hair were honest, caring, emotional, and feminine. What? This is so confusing. Yeah, because then in April of 2008, there was a study published in the Scandinavian Journal of Psychology that looked at skin tone, hair length, and hair color, and confirmed that hair length only had a weak effect in terms of people's ratings of attractiveness, but... Caveat with that study finding, it was based on line drawings of people. We're not talking about actual interactions, necessarily. Well, so that actually jibes with a 2004 study out of Hungary that found that short hair and hair in a bun had little effect on attractiveness. Okay, no big deal. Whereas long and medium hair actually had a large effect. So you might see a woman and be like, oh, she's got short hair, whatever, she's cute. Whereas if you see a woman with long, flowing, luxurious hair, you're like, well, you're doing the like cartoon eyeballs out of your head. Well, and speaking of cute, this is just off the top of my head. I feel like uh, for descriptors in terms of women with super short hair versus women with long hair, super short hair is cute. Whereas women with the long flowing locks, well, that's ravishing. You know, it's like a whole, I don't know, it's, it's, it's interesting how even linguistically we will tend to categorize it differently. And even with these studies, what I would like to see is the nuances of short hair. If you show people pictures of someone with shoulder length versus a bob that comes to your jawline mm-hmm. versus that pixie cut, whether maybe it's something more about the pixie cut. Well, they did a study kind of like that uh, that looked at intelligence, perception of intelligence. Yale professor Marianne LaFrance did this study that showed the same face with different hairstyles, everything from bald to long curly locks. And guess what hairstyle was viewed as the most intelligent? Which one? The bald lady. The woman with no hair whatsoever, so like the shortest cropped, you could say, was perceived as the most intelligent. But let's look at what that means. LaFrance said longer hair for women says something about some aspects of femininity. And once you're talking about increased femininity, perceived IQ plummets. Oh, fantastic. So we're not talking about attractiveness in this study necessarily, but they're just saying like they looked at the picture of the woman with no hair and they were like, She's going to win a Nobel Prize. Yeah, because she doesn't give a hoot about how she looks because she has no hair. So she must be putting all of her brain juice into algorithms. Right. And I mean, it does have a lot to say about personality, too. In a Journal of Applied Psychology study, November 1993, raters uh, looked at women with various hair lengths and thought that the women with the longest hair had decreased forcefulness as far as personality goes. So there is a view that, like, I guess if you're confident enough to rock that short hair, I mean, you must be like... You're you're rocking it. You mean business. Um, well, we mentioned sexual orientation briefly at the top of the podcast. And while I feel like in a way the taboos, you could say, against super short hair can be kind of restrictive. But when it comes to sexual orientation, short hair can also have its own restrictions. We found... 
two papers. These were the only papers that we could find looking at uh, hair length and sexual orientation because there is that stereotype of lesbians with short hair. And in fact, one of the titles of the papers from the Journal of Lesbian Studies from 1999 is called The Myth of the Short-Haired Lesbian. And it's by Dvora Zipkin. And in it, she talked to seven white lesbians about having long hair. All of them have long hair. And they said that by not cutting their hair, that they had experienced not being taken seriously as lesbians, that because they did not kind of violate that uh, feminine norm, that they were perceived often as heterosexual or bisexual or trying to pass as straight, that they weren't that they weren't somehow following through all the way with uh, their sexual orientation. Right. I mean, I actually saw this with some acquaintances uh, back in the day. One of the women in the couple had short hair, and you could call her like a stereotypical lesbian. You know, she had the short hair, and she dressed in a very masculine way. But her girlfriend, like, never changed her look from high school, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, she still had that long, flowing hair and the pink lip gloss and all that stuff. And there was, there was that kind of perception of, you know, from people who encountered them that, like, ah, well, maybe she's just, she's just experimenting or she, you know, like, it wasn't, they didn't take the relationship between these two women seriously. Yeah, and along those lines, the point that Zipkin raises in her paper is that if we tell lesbians that they have to cut their hair to signal that they are lesbians, aren't we just reacting to some male standard of beauty? Let's not make assumptions about women based on hair length. Yeah, I mean, across the board, yes. Let's not make assumptions about anyone, I mean, based on hair length. Although, of course, then we get into conversations about uh, if you look at different religions and what mm-hmm. hair length signals, and if we go to different parts of the world, what hair length signals. I'm just more talking about in terms of the sexual orientation piece of this. Um, and also in the Journal of Lesbian Studies in 1999, there was a paper, more of a personal essay, from Ellen Samuels called Even My Hair Won't Grow Straight. And she basically talked about how uh, after she came out, she did have short hair, but everybody just wanted her, I guess in a way that her, as her family really didn't want to accept the fact that she was gay, they were also really, really, really wanting her to grow her hair out. Yeah, and she said that she just, you know, made the decision one day to grow her hair back out, and people around her viewed that as a return to, you know, quote-unquote, normal femininity. Like, oh, thank God, she's going out of that phase, you know? And it's like, well, no, she's just made a personal decision to grow her hair out. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, I mean, both of these papers came out in 1999, and so that's, what, 14 years ago now. That's crazy to think about. Um, But I do wonder, though, since both of those papers came out 14 years ago, whether maybe our notions have changed. But I still, I don't know. I I don't think they have all that much, especially if you think about Miley Cyrus Mm -hmm. not so long ago shaving the sides of her head and people saying, well, she can't really be engaged to Liam Helmsworth because she's got to be a lesbian. Look at how close her hair is to her head. Yeah, no handsome man would love a woman with short hair. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, and for this, I do, uh, you know, obviously want to hear from women with short hair and guys out there, straight, gay, whomever. What do you think about women with short hair? Does it signal something different? I mean, talking to women I know who've had short hair, 
a lot of times it does come from a place of like, no, I just want to do this. It is, there's a bit of impulse to it and determination because you are, you know, it, it is outside of the norm to do something. Yeah, I remember, I mean, you know how hard middle school is. Yeah. Well, I had a friend, <laughs> yeah, I had a friend who got a pixie cut in eighth grade. I Brave. mean, granted, she was like, you know, nine feet tall and slender and, you know, gorgeous and everything. But like, that's crazy to go against such norms at such a young age. I feel like that's such a tough period to go through that everybody kind of wants to blend in and mm-hmm. be the same. I mean, I think it speaks to something in her personality. You know, she just stands out anyway. She's a very confident girl. But like, hey, I, I mean, I think if you want to rock it, rock it. Like, I don't think it would look good on me. But, you know, if if you like it. Yeah. And I, I wish that we had been able to offer some deeper academic insight into it. But a lot of the studies on hair length are very general, like the ones mm-hmm. that we talked about, where it's like short, medium and long. What do you like? Oh, long. And I and I feel like there's so much more, though. In there, but in terms of the our, our panic over celebrities cutting off their hair, I, I was very intrigued to find that story about uh, Mary Pickford's 1928 New York Times cover story on her cutting her locks. Yeah, well, so as for Kendall, who wrote into us about her short hair, you know, do you think out of this we've we've helped? You know, I, I hope we've helped and given a little perspective. And I'm really sorry to hear that your parents had such a negative freaking reaction to your haircut. Yeah. Pa- sometimes, you know what, Caroline? <laughs> parents uh, just don't understand. They just don't understand. <laughs> so with that, short-haired ladies... Send us your emails uh, or your Facebook messages or your tweets. Momstuff at discovery.com is where you can send letters. You can message us on Facebook or tweet us at Podcast, And we've got a couple of messages to share with you. But first, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll get right back. And now back to our letters. Well, we've got a couple of letters here about our episode on women's colleges. And I have one here from Rachel. And she writes... You had a small error that I'd like to correct. I'm a student at Hillsdale College, and the school is located in Michigan. Founded in 1844, Hillsdale was the first school in the United States to prohibit its charter discrimination based on race, religion, or sex. We have welcomed great defenders of equality like Susan B. Anthony and Frederick Douglass and are strong supporters of equality and freedom. We continue to have gender, sex, and race-blind admissions today. It was very exciting to hear about my own school and a podcast I listen to so frequently. So thanks for listening, Rachel. And my dad would be so happy. My dad is a Hillsdale alum. Oh, yeah? Still supports the school, still gets the alumni magazine. Oh, that's, that is neat. Neato. Neato casino. Uh, Chad Irvin from Birmingham, Michigan. What? There we go. Dropping right. a truth bomb. Okay, here's a letter from Emma. Uh, she's a new listener, Kristen, and she said, I wanted to thank you. I attend Wellesley College, but I never heard about some of the things you mentioned, despite my mother being an alumna. It was very interesting. I wanted to say that I faced some of that prejudice when I announced to my high school classmates that I was going to Wellesley. They thought I was nuts. They wanted to know why I didn't choose Harvard or Yale of one or one of the other Ivy Leagues. I told them what I knew, like the stats on women from women's colleges leading the U.S. and breaking the glass ceiling, but I wish I'd been able to tell them what I just learned. If only my mother really had told me these things, I'd have a better comeback. She said, and also, high five on pointing out that we're not all awkward lesbians. In fact, I don't think I know a single awkward lesbian. 
I hate that stereotype. And thanks for mentioning that we can take classes at other schools. I'm going to be taking a class at MIT next semester, and I've had boys in my class before. I've had plenty of opportunities to meet guys. I don't regret going to Wellesley. It was the best decision of my life. So thank you, Emma. She says she's in the class of 2016. All right. Go go college listeners. Yeah, thanks for writing. And again, if you want to write to us, you can send us an email at momstuffatdiscovery.com. You can send us a message on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash stuff mom never told you. Be sure to like us while you're at it. And follow us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast. And we're on Tumblr as well at stuffmomnevertoldyou.tumblr.com. And don't forget during the week that you can watch us as well every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, coming at you with new stuff on YouTube. It's youtube.com slash stuff mom never told you. And don't forget to subscribe. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. 